drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you this Wednesday. December the 28th, 2022, on the feast day of the Holy Innocents. Praise be to God, martyrs for our Lord. Is Hollywood dying? They've lost a lot of money in 2022. Huge amounts of cash. Almost as much as uh, the federal government likes to spend, Hollywood has lost. And uh, we're going to have that conversation with Angelo Labuti at 15 past the hour. Uh, he's also going to share an exciting update about their movie on the Eucharistic Miracles. Praise be to God. That's coming up at 15 past the hour. Do join us. But here's another a great question. Are churches increasingly becoming anti-family? I read an, a wonderful article in Crisis Magazine by August Mayrot yesterday. We've invited him to be on at 35 past the hour to have a conversation about uh, how churches might become very anti-family and how they should turn that around. David L. Gray is going to be on the top of the next hour. He's got an article coming out at 1 Peter 5 soon. 300 years of the church changing its attitudes, embracing and compromising with evil. We're going to have that conversation with David L. Gray in the next hour for those that can join us. Lots of stories in the news, of course. Arizona judge denies request to sanction Kerry Lake over election lawsuit. Okay, that's good. SCOTUS halts the end of the Trump-era Title 42 border policy, keeping it in place until February at the very least. Pope Francis has asked the world to pray for uh, Pope Benedict XVI, who is apparently very sick. No details were given uh, other than to just pray for him, so let's keep Benedict in our prayers today. The CDC uh, has uh, issued uh, a statement saying that overdose deaths are up 14% nationally since the pandemic, another consequence of the great lockdowns. Hey, uh, the, it's being described as the blizzard of the centuries. Uh, authority in the uh, New York State, western New York part of the country, have said that they've recovered at least 18 bodies within the Buffalo city limits alone, total of 27 dead within the county. At least 51 have died nationwide and eight people have been arrested for looting in Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo got hit incredibly hard. Let's keep them in our prayers today as they recover. Good morning to you, uh, Adrian Fonseca. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. It's a great day to be alive, despite the fact that uh, Joe is trying to uh, mm. bring down the mm-hmm. mood. Debbie and the Downer. fact that my uh, microphone just likes to fall apart <laughs> in my you? hands. Every but day. Other than that, it's uh, it's a good day to be alive, you know? I'm noticing a trend that every single day you try to destroy the microphone. Yeah. Why do like, you hate um, microphones? It's like these things are old <laughs> and don't uh, function as they used to. Well, nonetheless, praise be to God. It, we, there, is there good news out there still? Oh, it's Christmas. We know, can say that. You know, there is always good news. Even mm-hmm. amongst the evil and the horribleness, there's mm-hmm. always good news. Like, for mm-hmm. instance, the Feast of the Holy Innocents. You celebrate... These uh, poor children who were murdered, and yet we rejoice. And so yet we rejoice. There is always hope, and there is always joy. Well, praise be to God. We're grateful for everybody hanging out with us today. 
Uh, thank you for being a part of our program, either on radio or on the uh, comments section of our live video feed. Hopefully, Rumble will be up and soon. Rumble's been growing on our live video feed, and we've been very grateful for that. By the way, do not forget the Guadalupe Radio Network's uh, kicking off its 2023 car raffle. You could win a Mercedes. It's a beautiful car. Go to grnonline.com for the details. But we're going to pray. We're going to jump in. We're going to have two at least great conversations in this hour alone. Angelo Labuti and then August Mayrot are going to be on the program. And as I said, David O'Grey, top of the next hour. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines. Epic Times reports the Supreme Court orders Title 42 border rules remain in effect. The high court voted 5-4 to four to grant an emergency request from 19 Republican state attorneys generals who sought to intervene in defense of the rule, putting on hold a ruling by District of Columbia Judge Emmett Sullivan, a Clinton appointee that allowed the rule to expire last week. Justices Neil Gorsuch, Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, and Katanji Brown-Jackson voted against granting the request, while Justices John Roberts, Samuel Lito, Clarence Thomas, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett voted in favor. Last week, Roberts, the Chief Justice, paused the plan to give the Supreme Court more time to look into the issue. Breitbart is reporting that the uh, Biden Department of Homeland Security freed over 150,000 border crossers into the United States with no court dates in the summer of 2021. As a part of a lawsuit against Biden's expansive catch-and-release network, Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody obtained internal DHS footage revealing the extent to which the agency released hundreds of thousands of border crossers and illegal aliens into the United States interior without the need to ever show up in an immigration court. That's a good time. Yahoo News is reporting a second war threatens to explode in Europe. Serbian President Alexander Vucic has this week put his army on its highest level of combat readiness to protect ethnic Serbians across in northern Kosovo, he says, that are under the threat from Kosovo. Vucic says his military will take all measures to protect our people and preserve Serbia. Kosovo was the site of the last war in Europe, which ended when NATO launched a military campaign ordered by then-U.S. President Bill Clinton in March of 1999 that lasted for 78 days. The latest tensions come amid warnings that factions in each country could take advantage of the world's attention focused on Russia's war in Ukraine. Ground News reports no conclusive evidence Russia is behind the Nord Stream attack. After explosions in late September, severely damaged undersea pipelines built to carry natural gas from Russia to Europe, world leaders quickly blamed Moscow for a brazen and dangerous act of sabotage. With winter approaching, it appeared the Kremlin intended to strangle the flow of energy to millions across the continent, an act of blackmail some leaders said designed to threaten countries into withholding their financial and military support. 
But after several months of investigations by several uh, Western countries over the sabotage of the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines, there apparently is no evidence that Russia was behind it. The Washington Post newspaper reported on Wednesday, citing its sources. And those are your headline news. The saints of the day are all ye holy innocents. A summary from Dom Garanger. We have in Blessed Stephen the fulfillment of his desire to be a martyr with the act of martyrdom. In St. John, we find the desire but not the act of martyrdom. In the Blessed Innocents, the children Herod killed with the intent to kill the Messiah, we have the act of martyrdom but not the desire. Is there reason to believe that those children were true martyrs? Where is the merit to obtain the crown of martyrdom? To this doubt, I answer, would the goodness of Christ be defeated by the cruelty of Herod? Could that impious king order those innocent killed and Christ not crown those who died because of him? Certainly those children were thy martyrs, O God, but neither men nor angels could see their merit, which was before thy eyes alone. The favor of thy grace stood in place of their merit. We who have been baptized by water should be all the more ready to honor those little ones who are baptized in their own blood and therefore linked to all the mysteries of the divine infancy. This feast day of the Holy Innocents also includes all those children who died soon after being baptized and are in heaven. Our epoch is so revolutionary and evil that many children cannot be baptized before they die. First, because of the general paganization of customs, whereby many parents do not care about the spiritual benefit of their children and let them die without being baptized. Second, we have the monstrous practice of abortion that takes the life of children still in the womb of their mothers or immediately after the child is removed from it. And neither the mother nor surgeon is concerned about baptizing the child in those few moments he is still alive. It is another reason for us to fight against the revolution and against abortion. If we were to have a canonized person in our families, we would be strong devotees of that saint. This is understandable. Now then, in almost all of our families, we have some children, sons or daughters, brothers or sisters, cousins or other relatives, who died soon after being baptized. They are in heaven and able to see God face to face and to perfectly understand our needs. So when we are in difficulties, we should remember those children and ask their intercession. They are the natural patron saints of the families to whom they belonged. It is very advantageous and worthwhile to pray to them and ask them to pray and protect us. All ye holy innocents, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 18. When the Magi had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. Joseph rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. He stayed there until the death of Herod, that what the Lord had said through the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been deceived by the Magi, he became furious. He ordered the massacre of all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had ascertained from the Magi. Then was fulfilled what had been said through Jeremiah the prophet. 
A voice was heard in Ramah, sobbing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children, for she would not be consoled since they were no more. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Augustine would say, O blessed infants, he only will doubt of your crown in this your passion for Christ, who doubts that baptism of Christ has a benefit for infants. He who at his birth had angels to proclaim him, the heavens to testify and magi to worship him, could surely have prevented that these should not have died for him, had he not known that they died not in that death, but rather lived in higher bliss. Far be, the, far be the thought that Christ, who came to set men free, did nothing to reward those who died in his behalf. When hanging on the cross, he prayed for those who put him to death. Close quote, St. Augustine. St. Augustine's clearly looking at them as martyrs, martyrs for the faith, their blood shed for the Lord. That is an amazing, amazing testament, not only for their martyrdom, but also to the reality of what baptism is in the sacrament and what we believe. So the next time you run into somebody who says, you Catholics are baptizing babies and the Bible says otherwise, the Bible doesn't say otherwise for starters. And second of all, the early church fathers also believed in infant baptism. So there's that. Remigius said, by this, the, that the angel appears always to Joseph in sleep is mystically signified that they who rest from mundane cares and secular pursuits deserve angelic visitations. So in other words, let go of the world around you and embrace and live in a state of grace because maybe you too will enjoy such consolations. Father McEvely points out the most probable arrangement and the one that will most easily reconcile the apparent discrepancy between St. Matthew and St. Luke. Did you know there's a discrepancy? One mentions going to Egypt and the other doesn't. Well, how is this possible? Father McEvely goes on. It is affected by inserting in this place that uh, all that is described by St. Luke in the above passage relative to the purification. After the purification, the Holy Family retired to Nazareth, their native place. It was there the angel appeared to Joseph, and from thence they fled into Egypt, in obedience to the angel's uh, admonition, in order, among a variety of other reasons, to be altogether outside the dominions of Herod. There is no real discrepancy between St. Matthew here and St. Luke, as the one only omits what the other describes. I like that. Praise be to God. But it was St. Augustine who also said, Hear the sacrament of a great mystery. Moses, before, had shut up the light of day from the traitors, the Egyptians. Christ, by going down thither, brought back light to them that sat in darkness. He fled that he might enlighten them, not that he might escape his foes. Close quote, St. Augustine. Pray for us. Let's talk about Hollywood with Angela Booty coming up next. Hope. The Catholic Encyclopedia has much to say about hope. Going online to newadvent.org, we see hope explained as the desire and expectation of future good. Each of us prays and looks to the situations and events of our desire and expectation that something good awaits us. We pray for the ultimate good, a close and intimate relationship with God. During Advent, we also look to the prophecy candle of hope. The prophet Isaiah foretold of the coming of Jesus. As Christians, 
We must stay firm in our expectation of goodness, for our salvation lies in seeing goodness in people and focusing on our relationship with God. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is now. Like a guiding star in the night, hope is born as we turn our desires and expectations to God. This has been a bit of Catholic encouragement from Michael Gisandi. I turned from a recreational drug user to a drug addict. That took me to my knees. I lost a family, almost two families. I lost friends. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. I love it. My heart's there. I took communion after 18 years, and I, the rest of the Mass I sat and cried. God restored my life. God restored my family. God restored my love. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at uh, 35 past the hour, August Mayrod from Crisis Magazine is going to be on. He has an article over there talking about our churches becoming more anti-family. We're going to dive into that. What is it like for young families trying to raise kids and feeling the pressures every Sunday to keep their kids locked down. We're going to have that conversation with August Mayrot coming up. So join us if you can. Joining us right now, though, is our good friend Angelo Labuti, director of a Eucharistic Miracle film. And uh, we've had him on the conversation about that a few times, but he's got some exciting news to share. And I want to dive into Hollywood. Good morning to you, Angelo Labuti. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Merry Christmas to you, by the way. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to all of you guys and all, all to the viewers yeah. as well. Praise be to God. Uh, is it uh, a white Christmas there in sunny California? I mean, like, uh, <laughs> is it, does it feel weird to have a Christmas that's still like 75 degrees? I'm not, I, how's that work? Now, it's a little bit more chilly. It's a little bit more cold. I mean, but uh, no, definitely doesn't give it really that, that feeling, but it's okay. It's, it's, okay. A, it's a frigid. Okay. <laughs> so uh, y- you are releasing a new trailer for your film. Tell us about that. Yeah, we just we just did the Spanish version, and uh, we're working to to do the, on on the Portuguese. Wow. Um, so we try to like make it aware as much as possible the, about the, the movie. I mean, we we finished to filming all the reenactment of the Bible, which is great stepping stone. Uh, but we still have a lot to go on. I mean, to do all the uh, post-production uh, and uh, unifying the pieces with uh, um, for for the whole movie to to together. Yeah. Wow, that's... we get we getting closer. Yeah. Yeah, very exciting. So, uh, I mean, I, you probably aren't ready to release any like uh, dates or anything, but what do you figure? Another six months, or how much more time do you think it'll be? Do you have any idea? I mean, it's it's again, it's all about the donations, my friend. Uh, uh, every time I I hear the the, the director of the chosen that uh, uh, these guys, as soon as they blink, uh, they got the ten million dollars <laughs> left and right, and uh, we got we we got the two hundred bucks. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's a little bit harder. I mean, yeah. it's like a, a, yeah. One wonders how many of those uh, millions of dollars chosen gets is, comes from Catholics too. I'm sure they're uh, a yeah. big a big chunk. I would imagine the majority of their audience is probably Catholic, as uh, typically the case with those types of productions, and they're giving huge dollars. So, where are you at in the fundraising? How much money do you still need to complete your project? Yeah, we we minimum minimum we need another six hundred. 
thousand. Uh, we cannot do nothing. And that's is really like it's squishing, squishing the, uh, the, the lemon. I mean, it's like, it's, as I explained before, I mean, with the fact that uh, there's a, a booming uh, part of it, uh, of uh, lots of places that are making so, so many content, uh, uh, nobody's going to do any more work for free. We, yeah. We with all the actors like you, you guys, you met some some of them. And I mean, uh, they really did the, everything out of the love for God. But now this stage, uh, you need professionals. Need yeah, yeah, need to be paid. So uh, I, we cannot do anymore nothing for free. They're not going to do it. <laughs> and what's the website people can go to for information about the project and consider giving you a financial contribution? Yeah, it's uh, www Eucharistic Miracles movie.com or the the new mana.com new mana.com uh, yeah we try to make it easier for them to yeah and i encourage everyone to do this uh to support this project uh, a movie on the eucharistic miracles produced at the highest quality is going to really convert many people to the faith so uh do consider making a contribution i want to ask you though because i saw a couple articles and then i think our uh our somewhat related to this in the sense that we're trying to impact society and culture around us. And I think that's the heart of what your project is, is trying to accomplish. And I saw an article yesterday that said Hollywood lost more than $500 billion in market value in 2022. Disney, Netflix being among the greatest uh, uh, organizations in Hollywood that lost the most amount of money, uh, both of which insisted on putting out projects that are completely contrary to what we believe as Catholics, seemingly harming society instead of, you know, healing society, as your project would do. Uh, how do you see this as somebody who works from within Hollywood? Uh, is Hollywood learning its lessons from woke projects? No, I think, I think, I think, I think they went so far woke that, I mean, they, they don't even understand the... I mean, I read, I read some of their explanation for why... They're failing, and uh, it's hilarious. I mean, they—they absolutely don't acknowledge at all. They are so much trying to fit in uh, their work mentality that uh, they absolutely clueless. And I mean, it's like as as if a train hit uh, mm. hit them in the head uh, when they were a child. I mean, it's like a really absolutely no recognition of uh, of uh, of uh, of their their mistakes. Yeah. You'd think they would learn, though, because uh, at the end of the day, money means something to them. Uh, the uh, Tom Cruise film Top Gun 2 was a box office smash. It didn't involve a lot of the woke ideology and agenda that uh, the Marvel films included th this year. The I was yesterday, Adrian and I were talking about the Netflix version of a Christmas Carol, the animation version, which includes like a, almost like a drag queen esque uh, scene in it, which is horrible. Um, it, why can't they learn? I mean, Tom Cruise seems to get this, and he's, I mean, he's not even, I mean, he's Church of Scientology for crying out loud, and yet he figures this out. Yeah, but it's, 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 they're kind of like they start to say, oh, it's because uh, it's, a, it's a pilot movie, it's because people want movie action with, uh, with, the, with, the, with the really fast things. So they, they really, they look in uh, everything else except because I mean, otherwise they, they gotta say that's wrong. I'm wrong. I'm, I'm incapable to produce this kind of material. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't have that knowledge. Therefore, 
I have to point it to some, some something else. I mean, they, they, nobody's going to do mea culpa, mea culpa. I mean, it's, even within, uh, we see within our church, I mean, we, they, they, I mean, uh, why the things are not changing? I mean, they're keeping going left uh, as, as, as a left is even right. So it's just uh, this arrogance way to don't want to admit your own fault and uh, to keep in perse- perseverance on their thing, thinking, I mean, eventually people, they are going to change people's mind. I mean, there is this really a uh, manipulation, a set of mind, they think they can change people's mind. And I mean, uh, uh, and that's, I mean, uh, we should accept people for what they are. And uh, and uh, as a filmmakers to aiming towards uh, where they are versus where, where you think you are. I mean, uh, mm. you know, the chosen, you know, we mentioned the chosen a second ago, the chosen has become the standard for Christian films raising money and the quality of Christian films that they can they can be, and it kind of freaked out Hollywood a little bit because during uh, Christmas time they had a chosen special that was airing across uh, the the U.S. and movie theaters, and it outperformed many Hollywood films. And yeah. there we're watching the the new Avatar movie bomb. I mean, it still made tons of money, but not compared to what they thought it was going to make. The new Marvel movie. Movies, they're, they're flooding money into them and they're not making the return that they are expecting to. And a lot of people are talking about this as a something that the Hollywood should be concerned about. But should this be a sign of hope for Christians? What, what does this send signals it send to people in uh, your community? Oh, I mean, I think absolutely. I mean, but most most of all, I think uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's the way that uh, they. Uh, they created the infrastructure for for showcase uh, the the movie. I mean, with the app. I mean, they were extremely smart to understanding that uh, you can no longer rely on uh, a, just uh, just on the movie theater. I mean, I I'm still hearing for so many people that to tell me, look, I mean, I'm not going to invest the money if you don't if you don't put if you if you if you don't uh, push you towards a movie theater. As I say, are you want to? To suicidal us, right. another virus is going to coming. Nobody's going to watch it. I mean, why? You don't understand the cost to go to a movie theater. You understand about the competition you have by going to a movie theater. Who owns the movie theaters? Disney, Paramount, all these people here. You think if you have a good movie, they're going to they're going to let, 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 let you down? It's like a, yeah. it is totally this so. Sit down back then, moving. I mean, the way to thinking it, that things supposed to be done. So people, they told me, they tell me they're not going to donate their money because if if uh, if we are not going towards the the road of uh, of the movie theater, so they say, wow. No, I mean, I why you don't learn? Why you don't learn? Why you don't see? Yeah, the chosen. The reason why they chosen this so well is because uh, they create a platform. Now, right. yes, I mean, they were able to go to the movie theater for a period of time, but that was just because I mean. There is no pandemic, uh, and they already have a structure that I mean, no matter what, is going to back them up. And I mean, they're still they're still doing on yeah. on the on the on the app. And I mean, they didn't abandon the app. They didn't yeah. say they actually got a new app structure. I mean, so yeah. it's distribution like is it. crucial for the future for Catholic evangelists who want to create content that is both entertaining and inspiring. And we can't depend upon the, the distribution structure of, of traditional media that doesn't like what we have to say or what we want to teach. Which reminds me, we have a couple minutes left now. Neil McDonough and his wife have announced 
Uh, these are Catholics in Hollywood, and uh, he has long since rejected roles that he could have taken and made him a lot of money, uh, but he wouldn't blaspheme God, and he wouldn't have uh, sex scenes or kissing scenes with other actors in any of his films. So he and his wife have announced that they are going to produce films that embrace Catholic values, some overtly, some subtly, but nonetheless, they want to create projects, films, entertainment that inspires and enlightens. What say you, Angela Labuti? Uh, I think it's fantastic. I'm I'm so want to meet him so badly. I mean, I think he's Me such too. a like a great, a great man. And I mean, uh, he's been proved. Uh, we're kind of hoping to to have in a gala to have in him uh, as well uh, on board. I mean, I sadly we never cross we never cross the our road together. I mean, I'm trying to get in touch with him with some friends that they know him. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I admire him because I mean, it's like a Arrive at a point that I mean, uh, I'm glad that people wake up and start to like just stand up and just stay and, and understand that I mean that's the only road to go for it. You can no longer. They, we went so woke that if you're waiting, if we're waiting, I mean, uh, uh, some of those those companies start to try to, try to promote in these movies. I mean, it's just madness. They they, they are so far. Uh, against our values and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, uh, and, the, and sadly, the church support too. I mean, as we see with uh, with our president, and I mean, uh, that uh, nobody uh, saying nothing to him, and, and it's mm-hmm. really destroying everything. I mean, we, we've been doing, yeah. Yeah, we have to, I think, as Catholics, support the effort to create content that, uh, as I said, upholds our values. I mean, it doesn't always have to be explicit. It can be subtle. Artwork is that way yeah. often. But yeah. nonetheless... If we don't support these uh, efforts, boy, what does that say? If all we do is go to Disney films or, or subscribe to Netflix, but we don't financially back the organizations, the, the, the groups, uh, the Catholics that are trying to create something that is truly beautiful and inspiring, shame on us. Shame on us. And to that point, EucharisticMiraclesMovie.com. EucharisticMiraclesMovie.com is the website. Angelo Labuti, God bless you. God love you. We'll continue to pray for your project. We look forward to talking to you next time. Merry Christmas. All right. Coming up after the break, August Mayrod is gone. Our church is becoming anti-family. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Since we are all children, we all associate Christmas with Christmas presents. G.K. Chesterton says that everything looks better when it's a gift. A gift is something we don't deserve. If we deserved it, it would not be a gift. And that's why the only possible response to a gift is gratitude. And that is why we hear in the Mass, as we will hear at Christ's Mass, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks. Everything we have is a gift. And that is why Chesterton says, thanks is the highest form of thought. That's why the word Eucharist means thanksgiving. The best kind of giving, says Chesterton, is thanksgiving. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. 
That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Adrian Fonseca here, keeping you informed and inspired. And today is Wednesday, December 28th. And on the fourth day of Christmas, or the uh, My True Love Gave to Me, four collie birds. And now more headlines. Former Pope Benedict is very sick, Pope Francis says. Pope Francis said Wednesday that his predecessor, Pope Benedict, is very sick and asked for prayers for the 95-year-old former pontiff. I want to ask you all for a special prayer for Pope Emeritus Benedict, who sustains the church in his silence. He is very sick, Francis said during his general audience at the Vatican on Wednesday. Let's pray for the man in Rome wearing the white cassock and the red shoes. That would be Bishop Ratzinger. And Disclose.tv says, Ukraine Zelensky says his government is preparing to participate in the Klaus Schwab's, you know, the, the James Bond villain guy, his World Economic Forum in Davos next month. And the people are asking, who's surprised? Technology Review says a startup says it's begun releasing particles into the atmosphere in an effort to tweak the climate. A startup claims it has launched weather balloons that may have released reflective sulfur particles in the stratosphere, potentially crossing a controversial barrier in the field of solar geoengineering. Geoengineering refers to deliberate efforts to manipulate the climate by reflecting more sunlight back into space. Little is known about the real-world effects of such deliberate interventions at large scales, but they could have dangerous side effects. The impacts could also be worse in some regions than others, which could provoke geopolitical conflicts. What I don't get is how can I have a carbon footprint if I drive everywhere? Daily Wire reports women rakes in the dough teaching scared Gen Zers how to actually talk on phones. Mary Jane Copps is raking in thousands of dollars for teaching Generation Zers, who has spent most of their lives only using text, to have actual conversations via telephone. Business Insider published a report Monday on Copps, who has dubbed herself the Phone Lady, revealing that she charges up to $480 per hour for private lessons and phone etiquette for those who either don't understand how to use a phone in the workplace or have a phobia around doing so. And in other news, I'm available for consultation to Gen Zers on how to talk to people. I'll be charging half of what the phone lady is charging. Fox News reports, judge dismisses Massachusetts parents' lawsuit over school gender policy. Scolds district disconcerting. Judge ruled that schools withholding gender issues from parents failed to shock the conscience. Mastroni said Massachusetts law recognizes gender identity as a personal characteristic deserving of protection from discrimination and does not provide exceptions to permit parents to override a school's decision to support students who identify as transgender or gender nonconforming. Addressing a person using their preferred name and pronouns simply accords the person the basic level of respect expected in a civil society generally and more specifically in Massachusetts public schools, where discrimination on the basis of gender identity is not permitted, he ruled. I was going to insert a joke here, but the public school system is the joke. Daily Wire reports Elon Musk on Big's tech censorship. Google frequently makes links disappear. Twitter CEO Elon Musk said in response to the latest release of the Twitter files Tuesday that Twitter was far from the only big tech company that engages in online censorship, going as far as to say that Google makes links disappear on their search engines. 
In other news, fire is hot and ice is cold. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. <laughs> Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Adrian, for keeping us up to date in spite of the fact you hate your microphone and you keep punishing it. But nonetheless, uh, joining us right now via telephone is August Merat. He has an article out at Crisis Magazine entitled, Today's Churches Increasingly Anti-Family. Very interesting read, and I think a lot of family, a lot of younger families probably, for sure, could appreciate this article over at crisismagazine.com. Good morning to you, August. Good morning. Praise be to God. Did I get your name correct, by the way? Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> you probably say that to everybody. <laughs> you probably never correct anybody on their name, but nonetheless... No, uh, no it's fine. It's good. Well, we are glad you're here. Merry Christmas to you and to your family. Uh, thank you for taking the time to jump on, uh, jumping on and having this conversation. I was thinking as I read this about, uh, I don't know, 20 years ago or so, uh, I was at a Mass, and I want to say it was even a daily Mass, if that... And uh, some friends of ours were there with their little ones, and their little one was not having the greatest day, banging on the pew or whatever, and Father just gave a scowling look from the from the altar, and then after Mass sort of scolded them. Well, they never came back after that. They went somewhere else. And uh, to this day, they remember that very vividly, how unwelcome they felt uh, at the slightest uh, you know, instance of noise or whatever. This is a real problem for families. It is, um, and I didn't have something as dramatic as that happened to me, although, no, there, there are a lot of occasions that you your, your little ones, your toddlers to church, and, uh, you know, they they act up or they're loud or they, they bang on a pew or something like that. Um, and it's momentary, but, you know, you, you feel like everybody here is good and everybody's looking at you. Yeah. Um, and, well, I mean, and, and I was just thinking – you know, do I feel welcome here? <laughs> you know, um, I mean, just on a bigger level, you know, just hearing the sermon, hearing the music, hearing, you know, the whole experience of going to mass, um, it, it changes a lot when you have kids, when you become a parent, you experience it much differently than you do uh, when you're just a single person yeah. trying to understand everything. Oh, you know, it's it was a couple of things you wrote in there that I just chuckled at. One was, how, uh, you know, single people will sit at the end of the pew, making it harder for moms and dads with their crying kid to get out of the pew as fast as possible to to uh, avoid the embarrassment of the situation. I mean, I just thought that was hilarious because how true that is. Uh, uh, no, I mean, that was the main inspiration for the article. I, I mean, maybe that's bad to say, but every time, uh, every time I go to Mass, um, doesn't seem to matter what parish it is, uh, they are always at the end of the pew and in the back pews too, you know, and I'm like, why? <laughs> so you see this chasm, <laughs> this wide open space uh, right after them. And to me, that's just, I, I can only think, well, they want to get out quickly uh, <laughs> and it's convenient to them. And no, I, I think I, I really wish that other parishioners, you know, and I'll say the same for myself before I had kids. I don't think I was really that cognizant of it. But they need to realize that, okay, there are other people here, and there are other people who have kids, or they might bring their, their parents or something who might be elderly. Uh, you know, so I'm going to make it easy for them, and I'll be in the middle. You know, I'll be in the middle, I'll be at front, um, so that they can have easy access in and out of the pew. Uh, just kind of common courtesy and kind of awareness of spatial awareness uh, that's really lacking, and it's never addressed. 
never addressed by the priest, never addressed by, you know, kind of you know, church organizations or anything like that. Yeah. And another thing I was thinking about while reading your article over crisismagazine.com is how new parents, you know, uh, first time, newborn babies, they just, the slightest whimper, and they're like, oh, got to get up, got to walk out. And I just laugh. I'm like, it's fine. It'll be okay. They're not really disturbing anybody. But nonetheless, as new parents, you feel very intimidated by the slightest noise and disruption. Well, and I think a lot of that is kind of the messaging of the priest and the church uh, of the parish. And I think I've only heard one, one sermon in my entire life as a Catholic, and I'm 37, so I've been going um, for years and years and years. And so I think I've heard one sermon where the priest actually explained whatever the proper, what's the proper protocol uh, if you have a squirming or crying kid. You know, he said, okay, you know, wait seven seconds. If they don't settle down within seven seconds, sure, get up, go walk around or go to the cry room or whatever. Um, but, you know, and that, that was invaluable. I mean, I didn't have kids at the time. I think I was like a teenager or something, and I was hearing something like this. But I've never heard anything like that. Uh, and I think and that to me is like, well, why don't we address this? We have announcements about potlucks. We have announcements about this. We have sermons about some stuff that is pretty abstract, but we never have any kind of thing to to tell parents and parishioners, hey, this is how to act if you're a parent, this is how to act if you're not a parent, but you see other people like that, you know, make room for them and all that kind of thing. It's like, how easy would that be? But it doesn't even dawn on anyone to say something like that. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why this happens so often where the priests are not doesn't talk about this kind of thing is because any time a priest brings up kids or brings up family life and things like that, he always gets the uh, the parent that comes out afterwards and be like, Father, you don't have any kids. How can you talk to me about what I should or shouldn't be doing in the pew with my kids? Uh, so I, what do you think about the disposition that the lady should have whenever a priest does bring this topic up? Well, you know, you'll hear that sometimes. Um, just from well, non-Catholics mostly, you know, or either they're Protestant or they're just kind of secularists. And they'll just say, well, priests can't understand my situation because they're not married or they don't have kids. Um, I mean, to me, that's the same kind of argument of saying, well, so you're not going to go to a doctor because they don't have cancer like you? Or <laughs> you're not going go to the, <laughs> you're not go to a teacher because they're not ignorant and haven't done the stuff like you, you know? Uh, so I, I don't, I mean, I think we can understand if a priest has wisdom to impart, I mean, and they are spiritual fathers, uh, they can say a thing or two about it. I, I, I mean, of course you want to be sensitive as a priest, um, a pastor, you know, just trying to explain, you know, what are the rules and all that. And I, I think there's a way to do it. Yeah. To me, I think that the, the big challenge is. You know, you want to welcome parents. You want to welcome families. Hold that thought right there. We're up against a network break. August Mayrot is our guest. He has an article at Crisis Magazine, crisismagazine.com. Today's church is increasingly anti-family. We're talking about that, and uh, we have to point out the differences between traditional and non-traditional communities. That's coming up next. 
Hey, Donnie, when we see Christ on the cross, what do we call that? A crucifix. And who said, preach Christ and Him crucified? St. Paul. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Your only daughter met a fine young man who was a committed Mormon. She now wants to join his church. What's your answer? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a reason for no. Doctrinal positions such as the deity of Jesus and the Trinity. Your reason for yes. You deem seemingly moral character as superseding biblical truth. Secondly, orthodoxy. Your answer is probably no. But how and why? Your resistance to Mormon doctrine does not just come straight down from the Bible. It comes from the first five centuries of brilliant theologians, bishops, and popes. These Catholics wrote, debated, and fought for truth. Example, in 250 AD, 311, and 417, three different popes excommunicated three different heretics, Sibelius, Arius, and Pelagius. They denied the Trinity, the eternal deity of Jesus, or taught that human effort warranted salvation. Would your pastor excommunicate a heretic? Well, unfortunately, your pastor can only remove someone from his local congregation. But that's okay. That guy will probably end up being welcomed to the church down the street. to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Coming up at the top of the next hour, for those of you that can join us, David L. Gray is going to be our guest. He has an article coming out at 1 Peter 5 on 300 years of changing attitudes within the church to embrace compromise with evil. Uh, Join us for that conversation if you can. But uh, August Mayrot is our guest right now. He has an article at crisismagazine.com. Today's church is increasingly anti-family. Welcome back to the program, Mr. Mayrot. We're grateful for your time today. Uh, again, very, I think, good article for a lot of people to read. In many cases, these churches have sort of like a, you can't uh, interrupt whatsoever uh, on one side of the perspective. Uh, the spectrum. On the other side of the spectrum, though, like in more traditional communities, I was making this joke a few weeks ago with some uh, with a family who sat in front of us on the pew, and their and their kid was very you know loud and rambunctious or whatever, and they were apologizing I'm like it's fine. I said, listen, here, I mean, the kid could practically murder you, and the priest would never even wink, wouldn't even bat an eye, wouldn't nobody would question it. We just keep rolling. It is funny that there are big differences between traditional and non traditional communities when it comes to this. Yeah, well, and it's kind of intuitive, too, because, you know, in a traditional parish, and I attend one when I can, I mean, most of the time, and they, uh, well, it's more, it seems more strict, it seems more solemn, it seems more serious, so how would it be good for, you know, parents and little kids? But I think the big thing is that, well, first, you have a lot more families. I mean, it's, it's just a demographic kind of thing. I mean, it's just a much, usually a much younger audience. Uh, and much bigger families, and so you'll have, you know, all ages being represented, not just the elderly or the middle-aged, um, which is different from an Illinois order parish where really, you know, you're the exception if you do have little kids. Um, and that's an issue of its own. But I also think that in a traditional parish, uh, or TLM, traditional landmass parish, um, they don't pander. And so that, that's what I was kind of getting at before the, the commercial break was that there's a difference between, you know, welcoming a person and pandering to them. 
And I think the church has kind of resorted to pandering to young people and maybe young parents uh, with the music, with, you know, the, maybe some of the sermons and stuff like that and, and some of the aesthetics. And whereas in, in a traditional Latin mass parish, they don't do that at all. And it actually feels more welcoming. They actually take you seriously uh, and they preserve this liturgy and it's kind of the beauty of it. And it still could be spiritual and still can be um, something real, you know, uh, for the person going. So I, I, I think that's a big part of it. I mean, and even the, even your children, even young children are impressed by it. And I, I think there's more done with the senses, you know, just what you're smelling, what you're hearing, what you're seeing, um, that engages the kid or it maybe not as an engage them, but it helps them understand you are in a, you know, sacred space. And so you don't act up. I mean, they'll still act up, but maybe not as much as they would in a church where they're singing happy birthday and they're clapping and, and that kind of thing. Just about a decade ago, my family and I were contemplating switching to another parish, uh, one that was more traditional. And we were attending a mass down there. And one of our little ones was making some noise. Wasn't I, I would say not too bad, but making some noise. The usher walked straight up to my child, not even to me or to my wife, and shushed them in front of us. <laughs> and uh, I was incredibly offended by that. I, I was really put off. I could not believe that, uh, that you, they would do that. And I think it demonstrates kind of what you're talking about, that how there's a balance act in all of this. You don't want to, uh, you know, I always, with my kids, I try to get them to behave and be respectful of those around who are trying to pray and to be uh, focused on the sacrifice of the Holy Mass and uh, how incredibly selfish it would be for us to to interfere with that. And so we work on that. It's a, it's a process. But at the same time, I'm also very tolerable of everybody around us. I mean, uh, I, as we just said, we, we, it's amazing how much we can tolerate when we just offer it up. And yet these, so a lot of these churches, they simply... They don't understand that balance, and it, it does feel very off-putting. Yeah, and I think it's this understanding. Well, you know, and I think about the deeper issue here. It's like, how, how do you identify uh, as a Catholic? And I think, you know, in, in the old days, you know, I would say 50 years ago plus, uh, Catholics identified as family people. You know, you, your parents, you have kids. Uh, and so you know, you, you kind of spoke to people in that, in that mode. I think now that nowadays we kind of identify ourselves as like autonomous adults, uh, without really a, any, many attachments, uh, even parents, you know, I mean, unless you have a lot of kids, uh, I mean, that's actually kind of the joke too. It's like, if you have one kid, I mean, it still acts like you're a, a, you know, a, a childless couple and you can kind of get away with doing most of what you did before you had kids. But once you start having two kids or three kids and plus, you know, more than that, mm. then you'll start thinking more as a parent. Uh, so no, I mean, for sure it's a balancing act, but I think a lot of it has, is tied to identity. I mean, Catholic, uh, I think in the old days you saw them as other, you know, parents just trying to, you know, raise families and kind of living sacrificial lives. And so you're willing to be more charitable and more patient. Uh, but if you're looking at yourself as a Thomas adult in the suburbs, you know, upper middle class or whatever, uh, you start to have less patience for that kind of thing and you don't understand children too well and you don't know how to communicate uh, certain expectations. And so it just everything just feels offensive. 
You know what I found very odd um, when I first started seeing this happen? I started going to a, a parish that exclusively does the traditional Latin Mass, and one thing that I noticed that it was, I just thought that was the weirdest thing was that people would take other people's kids and just walk off with them. And I was like, wait, what? That is, what are they doing with that person's kid? That, that person's not related to them. Wait. That person, they're not related to them, and they'll just go up, and one of the families will have uh, eight to nine kids, and one of the just random lady will come up and be like, oh, here, I'll take your kid, and just walks off with the kid. And I'm like, where's where she going? Why are they letting her walk up with that kid? And uh, and I started, as the longer I was there, I realized that the people just became so tight-knit, and they, they love babies, they love children, a lot of these older parents, and even some of the younger kids that are 15, 16, um, they'll just go up and they'll just take care of the kids during Mass to help the parents out. And I was just was blown away by that. I didn't comprehend it at the time, and I just think it's amazing. Have you noticed that? And what do you think about that? That sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, I'll see that. Uh, you know, my wife and I, we're very envious <laughs> of people who have that kind of help. Uh, and a lot of times that's usually how it works. You're, you're always wondering, like, what are these big families doing when they have one of five kids? Uh, and the, the age range is so so much. And the, what they do is usually the elder kids will, will act as kind of child care, you know, will help with child care and help with the little ones. And they love to, you know. I mean, it's, it's, for them, it, it's new and fun and exciting. <laughs> Um, or also they'll be close with their parents or their siblings, uh, you know, who are also adults and they can take care of the kids. So I, I think the family dynamic is much more at work. Uh, and I think that's, I think that's the way things were in the past, you know. Uh, I mean, even Jesus gets lost in the temple. Uh, you're like, Mary, Joseph, how'd you lose your kid? Um, but I think it was that same kind of environment where, you know, everybody knew each other and you had a lot of extended family. And you could kind of trust and trust other adults to, to watch the kids. And, and it's a great thing. It's a huge, immense relief for parents. And really, as a Catholic church, uh, I think a lot of parents should try to really get back to that uh, instead of, you know, and I think COVID's hurt that a lot, too. I mean, I, I think you have to insert that all the time uh, when we're having these conversations. It's just, COVID has made people very distrustful of each other. People don't want to shake your hand. I mean, I'm still kind of encountering that, too. That was another inspiration for my article is that, you know, you do the sign of peace uh, at a Novo Sordo kind of mass and, you know, they'll just wave at you or do the, the peace sign and look at you uncomfortably or they'll be wearing their mask still. And uh, so, you know, <laughs> you, you, you just kind of you just feel it. Mm. You know, OK, I, I get it. I'm not I'm not clean or something. I'm a leper, I guess. Um, so. No, I mean, I, I think that's a great story. I, I think it's, and that's true. You, you really do start having, like, you know, these family units extended beyond just, the, you know, blood relations or just direct family. You start having extended family or you start having neighbors. Uh, and really you're, you're returning to what the, the church used to be or what a church community used to be where people really were connected. And ch- children do that. I mean, that's the beauty of a family is that children bring people together uh, even people that don't have kids themselves, they can come in and help, you know, either giving gifts or, or watching the kids and, uh, you know, establishing those relationships. Mm. Uh, we have just about a minute and a half left here with August Mayrot about his article. What would you say, August, about what would you say to a parish, to a, to a priest, pastor, uh, about how they might be more family friendly here? What could they do to increase family friendliness? 
I think um, try to be more welcoming and try to be less pandering. And remember that these are people in your parish, and I think you always want to defer to parents and defer and respect the sacrifice that they have taken on by having kids because it is not a popular thing nowadays. Uh, they're giving up a lot. They're being discouraged a lot in every other, you know, most other spaces and all that. So I would say welcome those parents, speak to them, speak about them, um, you know, always show that you, you care and respect for them and try to think of programs and ways to facilitate, you know, going to Mass and developing a spiritual life, you know, get the dads together, get the moms together, try to build up that community and speak to them. Just, I mean, just even sermons about this stuff. And avoid pandering. Don't do the Christian rock. Don't do the cheesy hymns. You know, just do normal stuff. Take them seriously. Um, and that would be kind of just what I'd encourage. Mm-hmm. Wow. We're just about out of time here. And I was just thinking about uh, the things that we have done as a family to help our kids be better behaved at the Holy Mass, not bringing food, limiting toys. And if I have to remove yeah. them, I don't let them down. I don't let them run around. We don't go to the cry room and run around. I, I will hold them. The fastest way to getting to sit and next to mommy is behavior. Uh, that's the lesson I always taught our kids. That, and I guess uh, Benadryl and duct tape works like a charm every time. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I don't actually just do a little that. bit of tequila. No, no, no don't do any of that. No, I'm teasing. But nonetheless, uh, August uh, Mayrot, we're grateful for your time today. God bless you. Thanks for your article. Thanks for uh, chiming in on this uh, important subject. Yeah, thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well. You can check out his article over at crisismagazine.com. That's crisismagazine.com. August Mayrot, uh, M-E-Y-R-A-T. Great stuff. He's got a whole bunch of articles over there, by the way, I'd recommend. All right, that's going to do it for hour number one. If you can join us in the second hour, I would surely love to have you on board. David L. Gray is going to join us, and he's got an article coming out from 1 Peter 5 that deals with a bit of history, infiltration in the church, 300 years of changing attitudes, Freemasons, and so much more. Join us if you can. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Planning on shopping online this year for Christmas? Did you know that you can help the Guadalupe Radio Network when you do your Christmas shopping online? All you need to do is shop on Amazon Smile and 0.5% of your purchase goes to the GRN. Just go to AmazonSmile.com and select La Promesa Foundation as your nonprofit of choice. La Promesa is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio. It's that simple to give some extra help to the Guadalupe Radio Network during the holiday season. I had a personal experience that was life-changing for me. My husband of 21 years decided to leave um, our family, me and my girls, and um, in the midst of the absolute horrible heartache, I happened to be flipping through the radio one day on the AM channel because I didn't feel like listening to music, and I happened to find Catholic radio. And ever since then, I have been tuned in religiously, 
and I feel like I have a really, really strong pull to the Catholic faith. The Guadalupe Radio Network would like to thank those listeners who have supported Catholic Radio financially over the years so that we could be there when Terry needed us. If you would like to support your Catholic Radio station, please visit grnonline.com and you can click on the Donate Now button. Again, we sincerely thank you for helping us to be there for Terry and everyone else that needs God's love. There will come a day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox. Goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and get signed up today. Keep it tuned right here on KSHJ, Houston, Texas, 1430 AM. It's food for your immortal soul, all day and all night. I wonder what uh, camp you fall in when when the kids start screaming, fussing, crying. Camp retreat. Even just a little? Are you in the, uh, get them out of here immediately camp, or are you in the, uh, ah, it doesn't matter. You know, it's almost more distracting. Whenever the parents get up and leave every time the baby starts fussing just a second. Well, with little infants, they hardly make... I mean, it's really not that bad. When yeah, it comes that's what to I'm like saying. Infants, I'm like, the babies... But new time, first-time parents, like, I think they start to learn with kid number two. I think six. Uh, no, I think by kid number two, you've, you've figured a few things out. But kid number one, you're like... Oh, they're making some noise. We got to get them out of here. I'm like, no, it's fine. Stay. It's okay. Like they're barely, barely. You could barely hear them. Uh, but uh, when you when you've got a kid screaming and crying, well, then you know you got to do something. You can't not do anything. But there's a balancing act in all of that, and the pressures on parents. It's like, oh man, I feel. I always feel bad. I always feel bad for parents who are feeling the pressure. But you got to work those. Uh, you got to work those uh, behaviors early and often. Speaking of which, David O'Gray uh, is on with us all the way from Germany. Praise be to God! In what looks like to be a very exquisite library, was that uh, cherry wood, mahogany? What are we talking about, David O'Gray? Over there, it's like only the only the best will do for you. Apparently, very nice. Good morning and Merry Christmas. Guten Tag. How's it going, gentlemen? Uh, Guten Tag. That's good. French for good morning, right? Good. Das ist gut. Uh, uh, praise be to God. Uh, how was your How was your Christmas so far? Yeah, first Christmas in uh, Germany was uh, it was fifty degrees, so that was really nice. <laughs> what? And, um, I thought it'd be cold. Yeah, in just Germany. Had, it was really just laid back. You know, we really couldn't afford to go any come back home or anything like that. So yeah. we just just stayed here and and, and um, hot chocolate and Ooh. you know just just did Yum. the thing. You know. So uh, have have you enjoyed? Like uh, some of the delicacies, like uh, the better part of uh, bratwurst or like uh, French fries with mayonnaise. I mean, like what? It, like what's the most exquisite German food you have had so far? Um, probably pizza at Pizza Hut. I just discovered. Yeah. It. Stop it. 
That's what I like to hear. Who goes to, who, now, who goes uh, to do a kind of a man goes to Germany now, and eats Pizza Hut for crying out loud? That sounds great. <laughs> now, I think, um, I think I really, I, do, I really do like schnitzel. I do. It's hard to find because mm. I don't eat pork. So it's hard to find schnitzel with veal or chicken. But yeah. when I do find it, I, I definitely always go for the schnitzel. Mm-hmm. I do like this thing they do with beer. They put the put Coca-Cola in beer. I think what? they call it. Beer cola or something like that. Uh, Coca cola really and me. beer. That's new. Yeah. That sounds they do everything awful. with Coca Cola here is weird. They, they'll put it in like an old fashioned, which you know is disgusting. It's just <laughs> yeah, they they'll do weird things with cola here. It's yeah, amazing. Okay. Yeah. Where are? Right, let me ask you. So uh, the straw poll here. Where do you stand on the meter when it comes to tolerating the noise of children at mass? Oh. Um, I have I have a pretty high tolerance. Okay, I, I really yeah. do. I, I do. But don't you feel bad for father though? Because yeah. he's up here trying to give a decent homily, <laughs> and you got and you got you know you got the kids over here and yeah. just yeah. <laughs> just going to town. I, I gotta just, tell I do you, feel bad for father sometimes. Uh, at our previous parishes, uh, you know, there'd be very little tolerance for noise at mass, uh, and then at the parish I'm at now, it's an incredibly high. Tolerance. I don't think Father even notices. Somehow he's had his ears altered to tune out the voice of children because, like, they could be screaming bloody murder and he just keeps cruising along. He just keeps going. Doesn't bat do an remember, eye. Do you remember a story not long ago where a priest had told the people to quiet their kids or leave when he was doing a homily? Do you remember the story? Oh, no, I missed yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been me if I was a priest. <laughs> 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 uh, Listen, well. I worked. I worked all week for the homily, you mm-hmm. know. And I come on. <laughs> oh, sure, no. you did. Okay, Father, <laughs> you worked all week, huh? Wow. <laughs> if that's your best, all I'm saying. I tease. I'm teasing. All right. Anyway, you have an article coming out over at One Peter Five. I read it this morning. Uh, praise be to God. Thank you for sending it over. 300 years of Masonic infiltration, 300 years of changing attitudes within the church, sort of cooperating when they feel it's convenient to do so. What's the story here? Yeah, so what I wanted to do, um, Joe and Adrian, was oftentimes, you know, the, there's some Catholic circles, you know, that we have where we would like to reduce what we call it infiltration down to maybe just one event, maybe to like people like to narrow down to like maybe the Alta Vendetta of, of the Carbonari. And they, they published that document, the Carbonari Alta Vendetta, saying we're going to infiltrate, we're going to put our own pope in place. And people like to reduce it just to that one event. Like that's when the whole thing began. But typically when something goes this bad, this wrong, um, it usually can't narrow down to just one thing. So what I wanted to do in this essay that's coming out of 1 Peter 5 this week was really just to put this whole thing like a context over the last 300 years, beginning with Pope Clement XII and his nephew Neri trying to tell him, you know, Clement wanted to put out this papal bull in enmity saying, you know, Catholics cannot be Freemasons this is 1738. And his nephew Neri was like, hey, you know, those Freemasons over there in England, they're not like the ones in Europe. You know, they're just having fun and things like this. Hmm. And, and it's that type of myth really that you see still today in the Catholic church. You know, you still have Catholics saying or making the same case as Cardinal Neary saying, Oh, you know, Freemasons are different. You know, you know, the ones in Europe are different than the ones in England. Not when it comes to Masonic principles, you know, they may be different in their attitudes and their externals, but it's still Freemasonry. And so it, it really started then. I really, and so in the essay, I tracked the whole thing up going from there and until the, during 
on World War II and until mm-hmm. post-Vatican II and all the way up to today, showing how the Catholic Church, every time they had, well, people in the Catholic Church, some people, every time they had an opportunity to make friends with Freemasons, they chose to make friends with them rather than um, enforce the condemnation against Freemasonry. Yeah, that's that's so true. And I mean, I'm thinking of uh, Blessed Pius the Ninth and his uh, relation with the Freemasons before he kind of had a conversion. But, you know, what you said there about trying to reduce the revolution to one event, that's one of the reasons why I really like, and I talk about this often, Professor Plinio, uh, because he talks about the revolution and the Masonic revolution. There is one element of the revolution. You have the Protestant revolution. You have the uh, the French revolution. You have all these different revolutions happening, and they're coinciding with one another. And Professor Plinio just coins it as the revolution to try to categorize it easier. But it's not can't be reduced down to just one event. But I, I do I do want to ask though the do you know uh, the the background behind uh, Blessed Pius the Ninth all the way back then with um, what is that Saint. Um, What's his name? Uh, the one, the the saint of children, and uh, John Bosco, uh, the John mm-hmm. Bosco, and his fight against the the Freemasons during his time. No, my, I, I know I'm very familiar with Pius the Ninth during his liberal years. Um, you know, he comes in; he's a pope. The he, the liberals supposedly put him in place because of his work he had done as a cardinal. They thought he's going he's going to be their ally, and he was for for quite a while until you know they you know. <laughs> He realizes that, you know, you can't really be friends with these people. And they try to kidnap him and all that stuff. And so, but before all that, before he turned, became more, you know, sort of conservative, um, he had actually um, it took a stone from the resources of the Vatican, sent it to the United States. And this stone was going to be used as, a, as the cornerstone of a Masonic edifice to be built to George Washington. So, oh, wow. um and so his his thought it seems to be that you know mm. make friends with your enemies. Also, all, but although there are some rumors that he was a Freemason during his youth as well. So mm. um, th- there's there's a lot of pieces there. You quote Pius the Ninth in your article uh, by saying clearly uh, he taught in 1873 in Esti Multa. The church teaching does not distinguish between sects of Freemasonry. Teach them that these decrees refer not only to Masonic groups in Europe, but also to those in America, in other regions of the world, close quote. Now, what I found interesting about that is you and I have discussed the Freemason issue on several occasions. You are a, you're a, a past Freemason. I'm a past Freemason. You are a pretty high-ranking Freemason as, compo- as opposed to me, who's just a lowly third-degree Blue Lodge guy. Uh, but, and, so you're, always, you're always being so self-deprecating. You're funny. <laughs> At any rate, my, the point I'm trying to make is I do see some <laughs> distinctions here because a lot of times we'll talk about Freemasons and people will listen and go, come on, my uncle, my dad, my, my, my cousin, my neighbor, my coworker. They're all good guys. They wear funny hats and drive little go-karts at parades and try to raise mon- money for hospitals and they do charitable projects. So you guys are exaggerating things. Uh, how could we be exaggerating things, David O'Gray? Because I think that is part of the success of the Masonic program. I think they've been very successful at creating this image that they're just 
some fun-loving people. I think the Shriners with the, the little cars and their hospitals, I think they've, they've, that's gone a long way to promote the image that these are just guys that, um, and we, we enjoy it. You know, we know these guys, you know, have been Freemasons. A lot of guys are, are just trying to get out of the house, maybe spend some time with the fellas, get away from the wife. Hmm. But it's the teachings of Freemasonry, the philosophy, the ideolo- ideology of Freemasonry that is what is um, anti-Catholic and dangerous and harmful to the soul. So I, I get it how the how the vase of Freemasonry is, doesn't look dangerous at all. But you sometimes you just have to look inside that vase and, and see what's really going on. It's a snake that's about to come out and choke you on the neck. Yeah. You know, David, I was talking to a friend of mine recently, and I just want to get your analysis of this situation. He told me that a friend of that, uh, that he works, so he works at a Catholic organization, and this Catholic organization decided to go to an explicitly Shriner restaurant for their Christmas party. And the, it's in the name. Shriner is in their name. And if you go to their website, they have their food and everything. But they also have, like, how to join the Shriners on the side on their website. So it's, like, very, very explicitly. And I didn't even know restaurants like this existed. And he was telling me about this. And I was like, I don't know. Like, if I had a waiter who was a Freemason, I wouldn't make a deal about it. I'd just, you know, pay the meal and give him a tip and no big deal. But like, – I don't know how I'd feel about patronizing a restaurant or if the GRN had patronized a restaurant for an official Catholic like Christmas party. That'd be so weird to me. What's your analysis for that? Yeah, that, it sort of shows a little bit how teaching this, this, this case I'm making in this essay, how teaching has been watered down over the years. There's a time with Clement XII and, um, and Leo, all the way up to Leo the 13th, that you could not, you, you would be excommunicated for giving any commerce, any, anything to Freemasons. You could not house them. You could not be around them in any way. You could not do anything with these people who were considered to be enemies of the Catholic Church. But nowadays, you know, you got the Shriners hospitals, you got their bars, you got their circuses, you know, and, and so it's, uh, but you know, it's it, this isn't only the only discipline you know that we we've watered down over the years. But yeah, I, I think mm. I think um, we should be very cautious towards giving the resources that God has given us to agencies and organizations that invade against the Catholic Church. In your article, you said all sects of Freemasonry have always been prohibited because they all hold fast to the dogma of indifferentism. And the belief that Freemasonry is man's highest good. And I think there's some subtlety in that, some nuance that I believe a lot of guys like myself in the Blue Lodge went right over our head. Like we were we were swearing oaths that we didn't really realize the gravity of the words that came out of our mouth. We were yeah. participating in rituals that we just didn't seem to pay much attention to the actions that we're actually doing and how they may contradict what we believe as Christians. Yeah. And because that's that's what it is when you're at that altar, you know, you're, you're, you have the blindfold taken off. You just have that guy who learns the worst master is saying, you know, repeat after me. And you're just you're just saying these things um, after him, you know, these strange oaths and, and things like that. The Catholic Church, you know, as far as the post perspective, that's really not a concern in regards to a person can do evil or do 
um, in, uh, participate in those who want to invade against the Catholic Church, knowingly or unknowingly. And so the popes have always wanted, especially Leo, to make have the bishops and the priests make Catholics aware of these organizations and what they're teaching and how it is contrary to what the Catholic Church is teaching and our soteriology, our salvation, that it's not your own human works that are going to make you a better, it doesn't matter, you making yourself a better person, it's through Christ and his grace through which um, promotes our holiness. And so we've, I think we've failed all along, um, mm-hmm. especially the bishops and the priests in the church, to really keep this message out in the forefront so that people are losing their lives and their souls, at least damaging them yeah. um, and their families by participating in these in these rites. All right. When does this article come out? It'll be this week, Joe. Thanks for talking about it with me. All right. Adrian, happy New Year. 1 Peter 5. Look for David L. Gray's article at 1 Peter 5 this week. Praise be to God. Merry Christmas to you, David. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Tell us all about it in the next next week. All right. We're going to play our game, Fear and Trembling. It's coming up next. You could win. It's going to be fun. You might learn as well. Call right now, 877-757-9424. The phone number is 877-757-9424. Call right now. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Have you ever heard people object to gold and gilded ornaments in a Catholic church? Have you ever heard them question the purpose of burning incense? How do we answer them? Simple. We answer them by pointing out the three gifts of the wise men at Christmas. If gold and incense can be brought to a stable, they can certainly be brought to a church. What do these three gifts mean? G.K. Chesterton says they represent three prophecies about the Christ child. Gold, that he should be crowned like a king. Frankincense, that he should be worshipped like a god. And myrrh, that he should be buried like a man. The first two are marvelous and obvious. The third is a wonder. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Are you worried about the war on Christmas? Don't be. G.K. Chesterton says Christmas is the irresistible festival for those who are afraid to be festive. It is the spectacular festival when almost everyone lives and acts poetry instead of just a few people writing it. It is the ancient festival, a trinity of eating, drinking, praying, that to modern seems irreverent because the holy day really is a holiday. No matter what happens, says Chesterton, the great majority will go on observing Christmas Day with Christmas gifts and Christmas benedictions, and they will continue to do it, and suddenly, someday they'll wake up and discover why. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and fear and trembling. A Catholic trivia game show with secrets and agendas. 
that you can't tell anybody. You've got to promise, promise me you're not going to tell anybody. Now, what I need more than just telling you all my secrets and agendas is a phone call from someone who wants to play the game. Could be you. You could win. It's possible. Call right now, 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. If it's been a while since you played, you're welcome to call back at 877-757-9424. Adrian Fonseca standing by to take your phone call right now. Praise be to God. But there are a few things, like I say, that we do on the down low, the QT. We just don't want anybody to know. So promise me you won't tell anybody. But number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might just learn something you didn't know before about your Catholic faith. Praise be to God. It's always a good thing, right? And then, of course, we like to have a laugh, a chuckle, a good time. And our callers are amazing. They laugh with us. And sometimes they even cry with us. But nonetheless, we enjoy that most. And then we give out prizes, which means this is a winner for everybody involved because you can get something out of this. You can either learn, laugh, or win. And some people do all three at the same time, praise be to God. Uh, But here's the kicker. The secret sauce in all of this is we do not ask the caller the questions. So they don't need to know. In fact, they may not know any of the correct answers but could still win our game. Now, typically, I would ask Adrian and Rudy these questions. One would give us a right, and the other one would give us a wrong. But since Rudy has gone back to California for the week, praise be to God, enjoying his vacation, well, uh, we've changed things up while he's gone. Instead, what's going to happen is Adrian is going to ask me the questions. Because some have been spreading false and ugly rumors, vicious lies, I would argue, that I somehow can't be trusted. I am, in fact, the only trustworthy member of the team. Therefore, I wanted to give this opportunity to prove that uh, the, the callers could trust me on this. So I will give an answer, and they will have to decide, am I trustworthy? Am I not trustworthy? Look, I would never, mm-hmm. never mm-hmm. call Joe a liar. Mm-hmm. But I also ain't calling him a truther. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying is all. Well, the caller will have to decide, and if they get that right, they go into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize, which is, in fact, a CDT prize back. Now, previously, previously on Fear and Dribbling, you were told by Rudy Carlos himself that we were out of all CDT mugs, duplicates of the original coffee cup of Divine Providence. However, I had a personal stash that I've been saving, stocking away for a rainy day. Well, that it's raining outside, and today is the day that I'm going to bust one out, autograph it, and mail it, along with a price pack of goodies to include books and other things, to the winner for this week. So you could win. Praise be to God. Let's go to the phones. Uh, let's see here. Avila, good morning to you. Cynthia Avila, good morning. Good morning. Praise be to God, Cynthia. Where are you calling from? San Angelo. San Angelo. Uh, the only thing I remember about San Angelo is the, uh, the, the tumbleweed. Massive, huge balls of tumble. I thought that was fake until, I mean, I, I watched Spaghetti Westerns growing up, and then I went to San Angelo. I'm like, oh, no, that's real. Oh, my. Uh, that's a thing. Uh, do you guys ever hit them while driving your cars? Is it dent your vehicles? I mean, it seems pretty serious. No. No, we're just passing through. No, we're just mm. passing through. Okay. You just, okay, so you're not from San Where are you from then originally? San Antonio. Whoa. Now, you know, Cynthia, San Antonio is, uh, is famous uh, for other reasons besides me having gone to high school there and being the 10th grade history student <laughs> of the year at Judson High School. You do know this. There's other reasons to enjoy the great city of San Antonio, of course. 
Of course, Sophia. Of, of course, it's known for other things. That's uh, what for, she says. For a few she's, other she's things. She's like, yeah, of course it's not because <laughs> Joe McClain went to high school there. Uh, if, what do you mean? It's a primary reason, yes, mm-hmm. but there are secondary right. reasons. Now, mm-hmm. Cynthia, where do you go to church? Holy Spirit. Holy Catholic Spirit. Church. Praise be to God. Now, are you familiar with the rules? Do you know how all of this is going to work today? Yes. Well, you sound very... You're not confident there, <laughs> Cynthia. I want you to be very confident, because today is all about trusting yeah. me. Right. It's all about trusting me today, Don't Cynthia. trust him. Trust me. Don't, don't I'm do the only, I, pff, don't I'm do all it. you got, don't Cynthia. Don't do it. So, uh, are you ready to play? Yes. All right. All right. That's a little more confident. There you go. I, I felt that. That's All right. I think Joe should ask himself if he's ready three times. I Am I ready? Am I am ready? Am I ready? Am I ready? Am I really ready? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. Well, here we go. Question numero uno. Got it. French again. No. Why would you? No, Sorry, no. That's, that's Swahili. So, oh. Yeah, that's that's Swahili for number, number Mea one. Mea culpa. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you obviously haven't been up to date in your languages. Yeah. Uh, the question is, mm-hmm. what famous Catholic see. painted okay. the creation of man? Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. What famous Catholic painted the creation of man? Yes, sir. That would be none other than the one and only Michelangelo. Mikkel, like Michelangelo? Uh, no. Like, uh, as in uh, Michelangelo. Like the turtle. The um, ninja turtle. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, okay. Mm, like Michelangelo. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, Cynthia, mm-hmm. Joe seems to think that the mm-hmm. answer is Michelangelo, not Michelangelo, but uh, Mi- Michelangelo. It's, it's an inter- interesting pronunciation. It's Michelangelo. Uh, what say you, Cynthia? Michelangelo, Michelangelo, was he the one who mm-hmm. created the, who mm-hmm. did the painting of the creation of man? Is Joe <laughs> lying to you? Is he telling you the truth? Uh, what say you, Cynthia? Michelangelo. Survey says. Yes, of course. Joe over here trying to pronounce it in Swahili. (laughs) I mean Italian. (laughs) Michael, or Mikkel, as a lot of people say, Michelangelo is the correct answer. You are in the cup. You could win. Cynthia, you're already already proving your expertise in all of this. Uh, especially with that first question, but... Uh, well, don't worry, Cynthia. We're going mm-hmm. right over yeah. to numero dos. Uh, which is, I, I, I'm i going to say this, mm-hmm. it's easily the hardest question of the last seven days. <laughs> this is so easy. Mm-hmm. This is the <laughs> easiest question we've had ever. I mean, yeah, if you ever. consider all the questions we've asked, sure, but not in mm. the last seven days. Maybe, maybe. Be warned, Cynthia. Be very Alrighty, warned. Alrighty, Cynthia. Numero dos, okay. which is uh, mm-hmm. Taiwanese. Wow, for number two, that is amazing. Yeah, people don't realize I know so many languages. I, you are yeah. a linguist. I know, I really am. Expert really am. in linguist linguisticology. I have a PhD in all languages, according to Twitter. Um, yeah, all languageology is Got what it. they call it in, okay. in my field. Mm-hmm. Uh, what term mm-hmm. refers to the four basic natural virtues okay. that all the other virtues center upon? Huh. Okay. So, what term refers to the four basic natural virtues? I'm going to say that there is a clue hidden within the question itself. Oh. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Four, four being that clue. Okay. Uh, we're going to we're going to say that the correct answer here is virtues. Fortrues. 
Fortress. Okay, is that Taiwanese? Uh, I'm going to say it's Latin. Oh, okay. Fortress is okay. the correct, is correct answer. For, All right. Fortress. Mm-hmm. Well, Cynthia, mm-hmm. uh, Joe seems to think that the term referring to the four basic natural virtues that all other virtues center upon mm-hmm. is called the fortunes. Yeah. Uh, what say you, Cynthia? Awesome. Is he telling you the truth? Is he lying Third to line. you? What? Is he right or wrong? Sorry. Cynthia, what say you? Hmm. I don't agree with him. What? You don't agree with him. Cynthia! <laughs> yes. Uh, did I hear yes. whispering going on? In there? fact, like, is somebody somebody googling the answers? You, 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 we have now <laughs> no. confirmed, but we cannot trust Joe McClain. There's no phone a friend on this game. But Cynthia. yes, the answer, in fact, is the cardinal virtues. Cardinal mean like the the, mm-hmm. the basic, the directional. So when you think of the four cardinal directions, yeah. the north, south, east, and west, you got the four natural virtues. Mm-hmm. But. That puts you in the coffee cup of divine providence twice now. But let's mm. move along Yay. right mm-hmm. over to mm-hmm. question number Trace. Trace. Okay. Everybody so, knows that that's... Mandarin? No, no. That's ridiculous. No. Why would it be Mandarin? I don't, it's, it's obviously ASL. Oh. American Sign Language. Got it. Yeah. Trace. Yes, Trace. Sign Language. American Sign Language, wow. yes. All Clearly. right. I'm learning something new. Yeah, everybody, everybody needs to learn something new. All right, let's the do it. The term is, the question is rather, what term okay. refers to this small round skull yeah. cap oh. worn by the clergy? Oh, I've seen this before. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. On Daily Wire, the guy on Daily Wire um, wears a yarmulke on his head. Oh. Oh. A yarmulke. Okay. Um... Yeah. Cynthia, uh, Joe seems to think that the term referring to the small round skull cap worn by Catholic clergy mm. is called hmm. a yarmulke. Uh, what say you, Cynthia? Is he right or wrong? Is he telling the truth? What say you, Cynthia? No. What? No. Cynthia. That is correct. <laughs> it is actually called a zucchetto. A zucchetto is what the but clergy come wear. On. The guy who wears the yarmulke did talk to a bishop once or twice. This is true. This is true. People who go, are Jewish wear yarmulkes, but Catholics <sighs> wear zucchettos. Zucchettos. Cynthia, you're amazing. You didn't fall for any of the tricky curveball questions. You played like a champ. You're in for three. Perfect score, Cynthia. Well, well done. Praise be to God. Congratulations. Well, uh, try to avoid those big, huge. Uh, Balls of weeds that just randomly fly through the streets of San Angelo. And stay on the line. Yeah. We're going to put you on hold, Cynthia. God bless you. Thanks for having a laugh with us today. We're going to be praying for your day. Thank you. Sit tight. That's going to do it for the radio side of our show. If you can join us in the after show, maybe I'll share with you my sneaky secrets to getting your kids to be quiet during Holy Mass. Or maybe you can share yours with me. I would love to hear them. You can hang out with us at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Do not forget to pick up your car raffle tickets to possibly win a brand new Mercedes. grnonline.com. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be.
Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. For more information, visit Our Lady of Corpus Christi.org or soul.net. Today we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Innocents in this octave of Christmas. We offer this Holy Sacrifice of the Mass for all our online viewers and all those listening to the Guadalupe Radio Network. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ, while fields and floods, ox hills and plains repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, You take away the sins of the world, Have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us, for you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High. Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit, 
in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. O God, whom the holy innocents confessed and proclaimed on this day, not by speaking but by dying, grant, we pray, that the faith in which we confess with our lips may also speak through our manner of life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Reading from the first letter of St. John. Beloved, this is the message that we have heard from Jesus Christ and proclaim to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we continue to walk in darkness, we lie and do not act in truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of his son Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we say we are without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we acknowledge our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from every wrongdoing. If we say, we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My children, I am writing this to you so that you may not commit sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is expiation for our sins, and not only for our sins, but for those of the whole world. The Word of the Lord. Our soul has been rescued like a bird from the fowler's snare. Had not the Lord been with us when men rose up against us, then would they have swallowed us alive when their fury was inflamed against us. Our soul has been rescued like a bird from the fowler's snare. Then would the waters have overwhelmed us, the torrent would have swept over us, then would the waters, then the raging waters would have swept over us. Our soul has been rescued like a bird from the fowler's snare. Broken was the snare, and we were freed. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Our soul has been rescued like a bird from the fowler's snare. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. We praise you, O God, and acclaim you as Lord. The white-robed army of martyrs praise you. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When the Magi had departed, behold,
the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. Joseph rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. He stayed there until the death of Herod, that what the Lord had said through the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been deceived by the Magi, he became furious. He ordered the massacre of all the boys in Bethlehem in its vicinity two years and under in accordance with the time he had ascertained from the Magi. Then was fulfilled what has been said through Jeremiah the prophet. A voice was heard in Ramah, sobbing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children, and she would not be consoled since they were no more. The Gospel of the Lord. Today, in this octave of Christmas, we, in, in the octave, there are all sorts of different witnesses that witness different things. Yesterday, we had the apostolic witness of John, who saw and grasped and, and uh, heard Jesus. We had St. Stephen, the proto-martyr, who is the martyr's witness of, of Christ. And today, we have the innocence of Jesus witnessed by the terrible cost, the terrible sacrificing of these children. And we also remember that innocence is, the, the evil one is, is jealous of innocence and the powers of this world have a certain kind of jealousy and want to destroy it. And that's why we, we also lament today all the many children who have been aborted. Uh, not just with a procured abortion, but with abortifacients and the, the contraceptive culture. It's something to truly mourn. But these things witness, and we have to go back to what is deeper, is the innocence of Jesus Christ. The piercing innocence of Jesus. Blessed are the pure, for they shall see God. Jesus, the infant Jesus, sees us. And this is what innocence does. It pierces to our true intentions. And God calls us back to our original innocence. And this is a terrifying battle, a horrible battle for, for each person and for humanity as a whole. But unless we allow God in our mind to bring us back to our original purpose, We'll never uh, have that purity that comes from knowing who we are and where we came from. If somebody wants to be freed from, uh, the, today we have such things as this culture of pornography and a culture of lust, the, the, the road to healing comes from having no excuse for, throw it for any carnality, but having God bring you back to your original purpose in your mind, because that's where these things begin. You have no excuse for lust. You are made for holy purity. Your body was made for eternal glory. And to that, Jesus, the piercing vision of the baby Jesus, calls you back.
He sees you. He sees your intentions. He sees your inmost heart. And he calls you to that original purity. Let us thank God, the Father, for this beautiful gift of the innocence of Jesus. And let's take some time today to allow the infant Jesus to see us. Let his vision pierce bone and marrow and soul. And to look upon us and love us and call us back to that original intention, that original plan of the Creator. And let us ask our Blessed Mother, who always in the Christmas octave, I always see her saying, would you like to hold my baby? Let us ask her to pray for us that we can obtain that gift of holy innocence and pray for all those who've been massacred. Let us bring our intentions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church that illumined by the light of Christ, the innocence of the child Jesus, she may bear witness to the holy purity of God. For this we pray to the Lord. We pray for our Holy Father, all bishops and priests, that they may be arbiters and witnesses of God's purity. For this we pray to the Lord. We pray for uh, government leaders, that they may not be in the spirit of Herod. We pray for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, human trafficking, and anything that diminishes the original plan of God for human dignity. For this we pray to the Lord. The suffering, the poor, we pray to the Lord. We pray for all of our beloved dead, that they may enter the Father's eternal glory. We pray to the Lord. Eternal and blessed Father, we ask you to hear us, for we make all these and all our prayers in the holy and pure name of Jesus Christ, and through the powerful intercession of our Mother Mary, as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Unto us a boy is born, King of all creation. Came he to a world forlorn, the Lord of every nation, the Lord of every nation. Cradled in a stall was he, with sleepy cows and asses, and the very beast could see that he all folk surpasses, that he all folk surpasses. Herod then with fear was filled, a prince he said in jury, all the little boys he killed at Bethlehem in his fury, in Bethlehem in his fury. Now may Mary's son who came so long ago to love us, lead us all with hearts aflame unto the joys above us, unto the joys above us. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father.
Receive, O Lord, we pray, the offerings of your devoted servants, and purify us as we faithfully serve these your mysteries, by which you grant justification even to those who lack understanding through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For in the mystery of the Word made flesh, a new light of your glory has shone upon the eyes of our mind, so that as we recognize in him God made visible, we may be caught up through him in love of things invisible. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaho, Planisun Celi et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice. And once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. A mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. 
Humbly we pray that partaking the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Receptus salutaribus moniti, et divin institutioni formati, audemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctifice tuur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, secut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis hodie, et emite nobis temita nostra, Secut et nos dimitimus, dabetoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amahalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity, in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Aniusdehi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatam undi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatam undi, Donna nobis pacem, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed.
communion antiphon. Behold those redeemed as the firstfruits of the human race for God and the Lamb, and who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. Act of Spiritual Communion My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the Most Holy Sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Lule thou little tiny child, bye bye Lule Lule. Lule thou little tiny child, bye bye Lule Lule. O sisters too, how may we do for to preserve this day this poor youngling for whom we sing bye bye luli luli herod the king in his raging charged he hath this day his men of might in his own sight all children young to slay then woe is me poor child for thee and ever mourn and say for thy parting nor say nor sing bye bye luli luli let us pray Grant, O Lord, abundant salvation to your faithful as they receive your holy gifts on the feast day of these your saints, who, though still unable to profess your Son in speech, were crowned with heavenly grace on account of his birth, who lives and reigns forever and ever. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the King of angels. O oh, come, let us adore him.
come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord, God of God. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Hi, this is 